Okay. Okay, everyone, welcome back to, to another episode of Gen Z Voice Podcast. And today I have a very special guest. Thank you so much, Rianjali, for uh, joining. Thank you so much for having me. Um, this is really awesome. I appreciate what you're doing. So I'm happy to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to first ask, um, how are you holding up um, in the pandemic? Um, I feel like I'm a... I go back and forth between being, you know, positive and just kind of doing what I have to do. And then also being like, God, I'm really like tired of this. Um, and so initially, I think I was like very, as most people, I was very much kind of into um, trying to get productivity out of this time. And then at some point, I just got really exhausted from doing that. And then I just kind of um, just had ups and downs. I think at this point, I've definitely gotten used to this whole year, but I think it hasn't changed how upsetting it is that I haven't done like a real live performance in over a year. I've done a lot of Zoom stuff, um, but it's definitely been such a change. I, I can't imagine um, having to continue on with this sort of lifestyle because I perform frequently. I perform at least like two times uh, or three times a month, like on weekends and stuff. So that's something that's like a part of my, my, like, you know, career, as opposed to, you know, just doing compositions all the time. I compose at home, you know, I'm, I have my home studio, but performing has been completely shut out. And I feel like that's, that's been the hardest for me to kind of grasp because I don't know that it's going to change anytime soon, even though people are getting vaccinated. So all that to say, I guess I have my ups and downs. I think like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Uh, my next question is, you know, can you please tell me um, a little bit about your experience growing up and how did it lead you to pursue music? Yeah, um, so I, my dad's actually like, he used to be like a pretty well-known, popular Bengali singer in Bangladesh. Um, so my dad's from Bangladesh, my mom is from India, and my dad definitely had the music genes, but you know, he went through like a completely different world, different time, different era, different language, obviously. And so I just would hear him practicing at home. We used to live in this like one bedroom apartment in Queens. Um, and we had this like separate room that we just kind of, we had one bedroom. I'm sorry, actually it was a two bedroom. And then this little space that we had for a music room. And so my dad would always practice there and I would hear him singing all these Bengali songs. So naturally, I guess I just started singing them, even though I didn't really know what they meant. And my dad caught me one day just sort of singing in the, in like the bathroom. I was just like, you know, about to take a shower. And I just like, I was five years old. I started singing in the bathroom, his Bengali songs and he heard me and he caught me and he was like, what are you singing? And I got really shy. And I told him, uh, I don't know, I would just hear you singing it. And he was like, he, he told me later on that I sang it perfectly, that it was like completely fluent in, in the language and the melody. And he thought that was kind of rare. Um, and so he asked me if I'm interested in singing. And I said, yes. Uh, and then we actually started lessons. I started learning Hindustani classical. Um, and that went on until I was, you know, it well into my teenage years. But I never you know, kind of exp experimented with American music. I started experimenting with American music when I was like 13 in school and I didn't understand that they were interchangeable because I, I strictly thought like I do Hindustani classical is a very like private part of my life. Like no one in school knew because back then we weren't into sharing our culture. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just one day started singing American music and I had a teacher at school 
who was just our music teacher for the whole class who recognized it. And she kind of pushed me to do more. Um, and so I, I think it's a combination of having a little bit of the genetic background, but also then pursuing it on my own because I, I taught myself guitar. I taught myself how to read music. Um, I taught myself how to compose. I, like all of that was so separate from the Hindustani classical. I don't do the Hindustani classical anymore, but I'll always say that is what led me to what I do now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's so, you know, amazing. And, you know, I think like had, being able to have representation is important. Um, right. Also, um, you know, my next question is, where do you draw your inspiration, you know, from for your singing? And, you know, how did you navigate not seeing many people pursue fusion music? Um, as far as inspiration goes, uh, there are definitely certain R&B singers that I've listened to my whole life. Um, I was very much into like 90s, early 2000s R&B um, you know, everything from Boys to Men to Whitney Houston um, to Michael Jackson to then, you know, growing up with like boy bands and stuff. Um, so there's a variety of different things. I used to listen to like 90s hip hop, um, just pop music as well. But there's there's so many different things that I was listening to. I think as a 90s child, you do end up listening to anything and everything. So my inspiration for composing and creating my own music probably comes from a blend of that. As far as navigating, um, you know, the not seeing that many people, when I was younger, I didn't even think anything about it because it was so normal. It was so normal not to see anybody that looks like me, which is why I never had the inspiration to actually make a career out of this. My whole life, even while I was doing this, it was just within family and friends. And, you know, when when parents and families would get together, you know, my dad would ask me to come downstairs and sing something for them. It was that kind of thing. It was mm -hmm. the hobby. Um, every like South Asian kid has some form of thing that their parents force them, force them into, whether it be like dancing or singing or art or whatever it is but it never turns into something. So I didn't have the inspiration to be like, I'm going to do something with this. That came much later, well into my like mid twenties. Um, and that's because of a specific situation that happened, but I didn't even think anything of it. I probably just tried to stay very Americanized because that's all I knew. I had no idea that people were doing fusion music. If there was anybody doing fusion music, I definitely didn't know of them. Um, so it was kind of like out of sight, out of mind. I didn't even think anything of it, which is so funny because now I'm, it's very important for me to make sure that there is representation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think what, I think this is, you kind of answered this, but, you know, what does South Asian representation mean to you? Um, for me, I think it's getting past the idea of having to do something South Asian in order to be in the limelight. I think these days um, we always have to put, I think it's, our, our culture is beautiful, obviously. I'm very much, um, you know, uh, I, I support anyone who is putting their full on culture on display, right? Um for me, it's a little bit different. The type of music, as you can hear, is not always backed up with South Asian instruments. If there is, it's very subtle and it's not the main focus. So I don't necessarily do um, really fusion type music. So for me, I, I think um, I'd like to see somebody like myself who is doing 
American styles or styles that are not necessarily South Asian, but still representing South Asian people. Mm -hmm. And I think we haven't seen that yet, because if you look into, um, I think these days we get a lot of like comedians and actors, um, a lot of uh, visual artists. But if you look at the mainstream media, I don't know a single South Asian female or male that's on the radio right now that you can say, oh, I know that person does American music. And we had MIA for some time. She was one of the first who did, she had hip hop, right? Right. Um, and then, I mean, she's built her career, but she's Sri Lankan. And I, I think that's the only person that I really saw. We saw Jay Sean for a little bit. Um, so it it's disheartening because you don't want to believe that that, that can be possible because so far you have to be the token Indian person or the token South Asian person. So if you want to get into a record label, well, let's dress them up so that they look American enough, but also there's a token of being Indian. So let's put a bindi on her, you know, like, I feel like that's the, that's what the mainstream media thinks works, but I'd like to see somebody like myself who just has a guitar, plays acoustic music, composes stuff. And I happen to be South Asian, right? but I will still represent my people. You know, it doesn't have to be like, do I have to put a double in my music in order for you to listen to it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. Um, what does music mean to you personally? Oh man, that's a weighted question. <laughs> um, I don't hundred percent know how to answer that. Um, I think it's like my lifeline. I feel like many times in my life, music has definitely saved me from very depressive situations, anxiety. Um, I, I think every time I feel bad, I end up writing and that's my catharsis. So for me, it's not even anymore about what will people think? It's literally like, how can I make this my therapy? So if that answers your question, it, it's literally like my, my, my therapy. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think you also said that, I think, you know, you made a switch in your career from you were working as a domestic uh, violence, you know, I think caseworker, right? And so you switched into, uh, you know, doing f- uh, music full time. So can you kind of explain how that process was like changing yeah, industries? Absolutely. Um, so around, I was around 24 or 25 years old when I, I basically had a pretty chance meeting with, um, music composer Air Rahman. And, um, I think most of us in our generation know who, who he is. Some people may not, but he ended up becoming pretty worldwide once he won the Oscar. Um, obviously growing up, we loved his music. It was never even a sight of reality for me to think that I would meet him, um, But I did, and he actually asked me to come to India to work for him for a couple of months. Initially, we didn't know what that work would be. Um, You know, we started off by kind of saying that I would teach his daughter music, but he wanted to see what kind of capabilities I had. So he would basically... uh, he basically kind of test me while I was there. Long story short, I accepted the the challenge to go down there. And initially it was going to be just a couple of months. Um, there would be a salary, a small amount. Um, you know, there was housing there for me. So that, that was all taken care of. And I thought to myself, I have a degree. Um, you know, I have a job here. So if I went there, it would just be for a little bit. I would just try it out and just see, because I didn't want to be like 40 years old and, and, you know, regret not taking this chance that Aramon asked me to come work for him. Again, like I was such a pessimist. I never even thought that could be real. So I tried it out and I ended up being there for 18 months. So that kind of really catapulted my career because I had no idea that people would pay me to do things that I did there. You know, that was like uh, a huge transformation for my 
perspective and also from my experience because I learned a lot of things being in those studios. Um, so when I got back here, I had a choice between, uh, and, and it was my choice to come back. I could have stayed there for as long as I wanted, but I thought I have to take this experience and I have to go back home. Like this is home for me. I'm mm-hmm. born and raised in New York. You know, I'm not from Chennai. It's still a huge cultural difference. So I came back here and I thought if I go back to being a case manager, I remember how stressful that was. I mean, I loved doing it because it was so fulfilling, but it was also really draining. I was dealing with foster care children, parents being split up from their kids, battered women, um, you know, court therapy. It was so much that weighs you down. You take it home with you. You know, these kids that had to get separated from their parents. Like I would think about them sometimes, like, is it my fault? Could I have done something better? Because in certain situations, the kids literally were unsafe to be in their households, but then they get into the foster care system. And it's like, I felt like that was someone's life was in my hands. And I feel like I would have been, I would have gotten really burnt out pretty soon. And there was no time after work to focus on like your music. That's why I didn't do it. I I didn't even have the energy. So I thought if I go back to that, I'll probably never go back to music again. And now that I had that taste for 18 months and I just thought like, I have to give this a shot, you know, I have to try. So initially I was completely unemployed and just doing music. Um, And then I actually got a job as a teacher. I started working, um, you know, at the small little school here and I started teaching music and that just kind of blew up into something that I never even realized I needed because I was doing music on a daily basis, but teaching it to other kids. And it was like a whole different kind of fulfillment. And I was like, this is, this is it. Like, I I think this is my path. I was able to do that and continuously do so much with my music career. So that's how, kind of how I found like a new career almost. Um, and now I kind of just say like, I'm a teacher, but also I, uh, my main focus is my music career. So it's led me to this balance. I never realized I could have. Right. Um, and you know, I think that's so, it's so interesting to just, you know, I think, I think that's amazing. And I think, I think music, you know, is really, it's really therapeutic. Um, Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, what is your favorite song? I know this might be a trick question. <laughs> um, oh, God, I, I I don't know that I can answer that. I think I always like there's certain songs that always are close to me. Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. I know it's like cliche, but I sang that when I was in in college um, my freshman year and I never thought that I could sing it. So that was something that was like really um, a big moment for me. And I realized I had more vocal ability than I than I even knew. So that was a big song for me. Um, there are a few songs that I, I think like I listen to over and over again. Um, I listen to a couple of like A.R. Amon stuff from Bombay and just some of that old stuff uh, that, that we grew up on. Um, I also love the song Hallelujah, Jeff Buckley's version. There's just so many, but those are the ones that kind of stick out in my head. Um, one of my favorite, these are all different genres too. One of my favorite boys to men songs is, um, water runs dry. Um, and then there's, uh, I'm forgetting right now, but there's, oh, right. Sweet child of mine by guns and roses. Like there's, as you can see, the genres are everywhere. There's classic rock, there's R and B, there's, um, you know, big ballads like Whitney Houston. So yeah, it's, it's kind of all over the place. <laughs> mm-hmm. And have you been, um, have you been like writing any new songs during the pandemic? 
Yes, actually, um, I released uh, a song in November called Okay. Um, that got pretty good, uh, I guess, like, you know, reception. Um, I just finished a song two days ago, so it's perfect timing. I got it mixed and mastered. It's all done, ready to go. Now we are kind of working on the video. Obviously, all this would happen when I have four weeks left to move. <laughs> but, you know, it's um, it's exciting because I'm going to finish off, probably finish off the video in the next two weeks and then we'll have our big move. And then after that, I mean, we're going to, you know, go into the editing process. I'm ho hoping to have that released in about a month and a half or so. Well, that's so exciting. Congrats. Thank you. Um, and then my next question is, you know, what have you learned from navigating the music industry? Right. Cause it's so big. Yeah. Um, I think that there's a lot of stuff that can be very discouraging. Um, and I think you should keep your expectations at bay because most people in the music industry are looking for numbers these days. And that can get very, uh, I guess, challenging in your mind when you just want to focus on your music. But it's cliche, but it's true to just kind of stick to who you are and, and do what you want to do. Because at the end of the day, if you compromise your image or your style just to fit the, the whatever is trending, um, eventually you're going to be unhappy unless that's who you are, right? Uh, eventually you're going to realize, well, I got hired because of this image that I'm putting on, right? So, or I got signed because of this image that I'm putting on. Um, but that's not really who I am, which I think is a big thing that happens with a lot of artists. They realize like they've compromised so much and now what they have sold of themselves is not actually them. So it's hard for them to kind of go back and think like, now I want to show you my real side, but now you have this whole fan base that just, they, they like what you've been sold as because that's how you've been sold as. So um, it's, it's kind of, there's a lot of, you know, downfalls in this industry. You have to have the really, really thick skin, um, but navigating it, I think is, is always going to be difficult. I don't know that it's ever going to change. And especially for women, I think that's always been a problem. So it's important to have, it's important to be grounded, to make sure that you understand, like, what are you really doing this for? Are you doing it for the money? Are you doing it for the fame? Or do you just really love doing this? And someone eventually will understand that. It's a risk to take because maybe that doesn't work out. But I've kind of come to that conclusion myself. Like, if nothing works out for me, I can say I've had these beautiful five years of such amazing experiences I never thought I would have. You know, I got to perform with you too. I got to perform with A.R. Ramon, Sean Mendez. Like, these are things I never thought I that would even happen. So right. I'm appreciative of what I've already done. If it goes farther than that, fantastic. If it doesn't, I tried and I didn't compromise who I am, you know? So it's important. That's, that's kind of the, the best, you know, advice that I've had for anyone who's been asking me. Right. And, you know, what have been some of your proudest uh, moments, you know, creating music? Um, I think the collaborating with U2 was one of the biggest things I've ever done. I've, I've been listening to U2 since I was 12 years old. Um, I was very much into like classic rock as a kid, um, along with like classic hip hop and stuff. So I, that was a connection made through Aramon. He was working um, on a song with them and he brought me into the room and we wrote something together. And then I ended up being able to perform with them in Mumbai for their Joshua Tree tour. And that was just such a big thing for me because U2 is known by every age group, you know, every country, um, every generation, you know, to the point where even my parents knew who Bono was. So that was 
that was such a huge moment for me and being able to just kind of come out of that and realize like, wow, five years ago, I had no faith in myself and look where I am now. Like this is, this is, you know, if I just manifest a little bit of the positivity that other people see in me, then maybe I can do more because I've always had that issue. Like everyone else thinks, wow, Rhea, you can do all this stuff. And I'm like, no, it's not like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I, I have a good balance now. I think that was definitely a huge moment. Yeah. Um, and then my next question is, you know, what motivates you? Because I'm sure sometimes there are times where you might feel stuck, right? Like creating new music. And then um, how do you practice self-care? Um, motivation. I think what motivates me is genuinely that over the last few years, there's been a lot of younger people who message me um, seeking advice. I created this studio guide just to help people figure out what equipment to get when they first start recording because that was really difficult for me to know. So now that I have this information, I don't believe in holding on to it. You know, there's a lot of people who don't share their the things that they do behind the scenes with you because they find that, you know, if someone else knows your secrets, they're going to take your place. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. There's this room for more than one person in the space. And um, so I get a lot of messages from teenagers, young college students, people who are just starting off ages from like 13 all the way to like 35 Um, just asking for advice. So if I continue and keep going, I hope that it'll just inspire somebody. I think that usually motivates me. Um, Practicing self-care. I'm a huge plant lady, uh, especially during COVID. Like I have gathered a lot of plants in my home and it is really, really therapeutic for me. Um, I also love cooking. That's been something that I've been doing since I was 17 years old. And um, I have a secret Instagram that nobody knows about <laughs> that I just post like food stuff that everything that I cook. And it's been something that I am really passionate about, something that um, I hope in the future I can like it's always been a dream of mine when I have enough financial ability that I will be able to continue my music, open up a plant store and then open up a restaurant on the side. I know there's like so many different dreams or whatever, but those are two things that I absolutely love. Yeah. And, um, you know, what is the message that you hope um, people take away from listening to your music? Um, So one thing about my music, it is always a personal experience of mine, whether it be my own or a version of my own or a version of something that I saw, uh, you know, in someone close to me. I put myself directly into that position when I'm writing. Um, So it's pretty personal and it's pretty emotional all the time. So I want people to be able to create their own stories with the music that they hear from me. Um, Most of the time I've heard that it's therapeutic for them because they feel like that the words, the lyrics, the melodies have gotten them through their own issues. And I feel like that's been, you know, music for me too. When I was, when I listen to other people's songs, I relate it to myself and what I'm going through. You create your own version of the story. So my story is not everyone else's story, but you can always find your own version of that within music. So I think that's the message that I keep, um, you know, wanting to put out there that, that this is therapeutic, use it to basically heal yourself. Um, and, and for people who are younger that like, who are pursuing music that you don't have to kind of fit yourself into the mold of what you hear on the radio, um, write about what, you know, that's probably the best thing that I can, I can say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is another like lighter question, but what do you like to do for fun? For fun. Oh man. I forget what that means because we've been stuck at home for so long. Um, I, this, this might sound stupid, but I, like I said, I love 
cooking, but I equally just love trying new foods. So my husband and I are always trying to find like really unique, you know, restaurants to go to. Before that, you know, I had like a dream of traveling. Obviously, COVID um, kind of put that on halt. I never actually really traveled properly. So that's something that I want to do. Um, other than that, I, I don't know. I kind of just like, there's not a whole lot that uh, I have a very simple kind of lifestyle. You know, I, I like to compose. I like to take care of the plants. I like to hang out with my cats. And I'm very much like a homebody these days. You know, I'm happy with where I am. And, and I like to, we also like to collect art. That's another thing that's just kind of like a hobby of ours. So I don't know if that really answers your question. I'm like, what do I do for fun? <laughs> like, I have no idea anymore. No, it definitely um, does. And, you know, and you're moving to LA. So like, um, what are you looking forward to? Um, I'm definitely looking forward to new connections, new faces, meeting new people that um, have, uh, you know, that are like minded. I think I've, I've grown up in New York City my whole life. So I'm looking forward to meeting a whole different, you know, category of people in the music industry and hoping that um, I can, you know, start performing there being able to uh, you know, get into a different space. And I'm also really enjoying, uh, I'm looking forward to the weather because I'm really sick and tired of this back and forth spring that we're having this like fake spring that we're having. So I'm very much affected by the weather on a daily basis. If it rains, like I'm totally off for the entire day, maybe the entire like next day as well. So I'm looking forward to that, looking forward to being able to have my family come over there as well. So we can kind of take like little trips. I feel like I've been working for a long time um, and I haven't really like taken a break. So it'll be nice to be able to do my music at the same time um, while I kind of explore new spaces. Right. Yeah. I think that's so cool. And yeah, yeah, I I just want to say, yeah, thank you so much again for being on my podcast. Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I, I appreciate it. And let me know, you know, I'd love to check it out when you release it and I'll absolutely, you know, be happy to kind of like promote and everything. Um, but yeah, thank you. Yeah. 